Welcome to This Seriously Sucks, the right podcast when life goes seriously wrong. In these interview episodes, people who've been through major traumas and events that derailed their lives talk about times when they didn't want to go on and share how they did. All our guests are at least 10 years past their big this. They keep it real, pull no punches, and share what they wish they had known when they were in the middle of their this. Now, here is your host, the author of This Is Not The End, who knows what it feels like to want it to be the end, Nina Sossaman Pogue. Yes, this is the right podcast when life goes seriously wrong. I'm so glad you found us. Thanks for sharing some time here. On this podcast, we talk about the lowest moments of highly successful people, the major life events that rock their world and how they got through them. We can all learn from their stories of resilience. In this season, we're also weaving in some post-pandemic strategies because we know the last two years have been really rough for a lot of people. And today's guest is a good friend of mine. Uh, it is Jonathan Mookie Morant. I'm just going to call him Mookie because it makes me smile. He's a professional musician and a successful songwriter and producer. He is also one of the co-founders of Inclusion Speak. Uh, we're a group of professional speakers, uh, and we come at diversity, equity, and inclusion from a lot of different angles. So he does that project with me. Uh, he has a passion for gratitude and lifetime learning. Uh, he has platinum and gold records to his credit. It's some stuff in the Backstreet Boys back in the day and uh, Princess Diaries and other stuff. We'll get into that. Um, and he uses musical analogies to empower audiences when he's speaking, to empower them to keep moving forward. So I think you're going to really love what he has to share today. Thank you for joining us today. Yes. Nina, I'm so glad to be here with you. Love we'll it. have fun. We will. We'll get into uh, a little bit of your story. Um, you, have, you have five amazing children, so we can't skip past that. Uh, we will get to that in a moment. But I always like to start um, and share all that background. So we start with the success part of our resumes, because we're mm -hmm. going to talk about strategies that you use along the way when you went through maybe a dark time. Mm -hmm. So share one of the like background part of your life story with us that might help the audiences understand more of you know, why you know what you're talking about, <laughs> why you understand well, their struggles. <laughs> yeah, I definitely understand their struggles. Uh, we'll see if I know, you know, know what I'm talking about. But um, <laughs> it seems that in, in my life, I've had a number of bridges that I need to cross. That's, that's That tends to be my theme. And they would show up, at, of course, like anyone, many of your listeners know, they show up at the worst times. You know, you, you're on you're on the road to where you're trying to go. It's not easy, but you're you're constantly moving forward. And all of a sudden, is this ginormous bridge, and you're like, "Oh, what am I going to do?" So, um, I can remember back when um, years and years ago, when I was uh, I was trying to be a songwriter and a uh, music star or whatever. I thought I was going to be a music star, and you know. I didn't have any children at the time. It seems so long ago. Can't even remember. But you were a baby yourself. <laughs> I literally was a baby. But but um, and there was there was a uh, my dad who's also a, he was a just a well known musician himself. He had a family friend. He was we were trying to I was trying to record and, and make music and you know, I was I was tenacious and I was going to do this. 
And so he had a fam- family friend that was in the music business. And I don't remember, some of the listeners here might remember, this is back in the day, but there's a real famous band called the SOS Band. And they, uh, I mean, they have a hit, they had a hit record uh, called Take Your Time, Do It Right. I mean, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's still played to this day. And so the, the guy who started that group is a close friend of my dad's actually played with him. And he, after being told, no, we got all the no's in the world. We did the, the demos and everyone said, no, no, you're not going to make nah, next pass. So mm-hmm. it was cool. It didn't bother me. But the no's started to mount up and start questioning myself. And then finally he got it in, in uh, the, the young man. His name is Billy Ellis. R.I.P. Um, he got it in his hands and he loved it. Like out of the blue, he reached out to my dad. He said, these guys, these guys are going to be the next stars. It was me and my brothers. And I was over them. I mean, literally, my life was changing inside. I felt like, yes, this is it. And I, I think I was 17. So it was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, but to cut to the chase, the this occurred when. We went down to, uh, they were based in Atlanta, went down to Atlanta. We I performed, I showed up my music. They loved it. Everything was on the path. Went home. He said he's going to talk to his record company. Might even get the world famous Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis who produced Janet Jackson, uh, all the big stars. Wow. To, to, to work on the record with us. I mean, it was in motion. And some time went by and we didn't hear from Billy. And so, you know. It's like, okay, well, they're, they're stars, you know, they're busy, they're recording, they're in concert. But then time kept going. So dad finally reached out to, his, to him. He couldn't reach him, but he reached his wife. And it turns out he was in the hospital. And oh, wow. um, long story short, he, he had been battling with lupus for a long time. I mean, this, this, this gets me emotional because this is really uh, my first breakthrough and he passed. And that was my this. So, so I was brokenhearted. We were all brokenhearted as, you know, as a family, as a friend. And then as dust started settling, it was it. I was like, well, that's it. There goes the dream. It's over. When you're 17, that's everything. And, you know, it does feel like it's all over. You put everything into that dream for so many years and you can't see past it. It's, it's really hard. The younger you are, the harder it is to see that there's, there's more out there. That's such a good point, you know, and that brings me, so I'll I'll move, I'll fast forward. That brings me to, so I would say in the next, I guess that's five years, I regrouped and had, had many fits and starts moments. I never stopped. I kept going, you know, I was determined. This is my destiny. In fact, that whole situation helped me believe further, even though, you know, it ended in in that, that painful way. It did affirm to me that you know, I have what it took is what I, so, so, and I ran with that. But then, um, and I'll make this short so that we can stay on, on focus here. Cause I can go all day. I know you. <laughs> yeah, I know you. You too, so, yeah. Uh, that's good. I, I love go having day. you on. But, but, but <laughs> then, so I was doing it and doing it. And then out of nowhere, my, my son was about to be born. My first child. Oh, excuse me. That's not out of nowhere. That does come from somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, I didn't, you know what? 
See, and I, I think I'm transformed back to when I was 22. And I just thought it was out of nowhere. Hey, this little boy's dropping in. So now I actually know better. But so my, my son, Christian, he was about to be born. And that did something to me that I didn't think was possible. It, and it, it wasn't necessarily positive. It got me out of what I've known all of my life, which was that passion for music and that goal of making it. I suddenly said, well, it, it, for reasons, you know, for, for reasons, I was going to raise him. Let's just say that he Got was going to be, I was a single dad. That was my life trajectory from that point on. Yeah, he was you be made with the me. choice to raise I mean, him. Yes. You wanted him. Yes. So when that happened, I said to myself, well, I can't play music and raise a boy. I mean, first of all, I don't know. I don't know. The first thing about raising any, I couldn't raise a chicken. <laughs> uh, so thankfully, <laughs> thankfully I have my mom who, you know, she, she dealt with all us. She could, she could move mountains when it comes to do with children. But I, I, uh, so I said to myself, I can't, I got to pick, I love my boy. So I'm just going to be a regular guy. I'm going to, I have some friends, they'll, they'll get me a job or whatever. And I got this little job and, uh, stopped doing music. Completely. I stopped writing. I put my keyboard away, my uh, just everything. And but I was happy. I just looked at his face every day and it was beautiful. And it was like, this is my life. Yes. My little boy. But I can't imagine you without music in your life. Well, I was happy on the surface. I was very thankful for him, of course, but I wasn't me. And so. You know. That became my this because it lasted for a while there. I was struggling with, well, how can, I can't go on. I can't do what it takes to live a dream and have him suffer because it means, you know, ramen noodles, maybe stretching those out. It means piling up me, maybe me and my brothers in one room and in a half of an apartment. It me all the all the things that you you would might hear about struggling trying to make it. I'm gonna put that on a young on a baby. Yeah, you know. Yep. That was that was. I mean that this. I don't think I could top that this. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and I even had, you know, let's be honest here. I had people in my own corner saying, "Boy, you don't know you. What makes you think you can raise a child and?" Music and you know I had all that coming at me. I'm from my people, not right. Strangers. From your own people, right? Yes, and this ain't possible. So, so uh, that nice thought, but no, nah, it ain't gonna happen. It's so interesting. I really, so you had people yeah. in the music business saying you're never gonna make it. Then you had people when you're raising this little one saying you're never gonna be a good dad. Like you had a lot coming at you from both sides. Lucky and you know, and I'm not, I'm not here crying about it. I, I'm just saying that's literally it was. I didn't understand. I was like, well, wait a minute. So. And it, and it got to me. So I started, I became complacent. Yeah. You know, and, uh, but I would share with, uh, I would share with anyone, whether it's uh, someone like at that time, I was 22, 23. You know, I still face things like that now. Like to this day, people, people might say, well, you know, I might say to myself, well, how am I going to influence someone positively? You know, you've been through all this stuff. That's who you are. You know, <laughs> it's, it's a weird thing to, to grasp because mm -hmm. what I've come to find out is that going through that, going through, um, you know, 
again, the, 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 the pain with Billy Ellis, that situation, yet it led to a stronger belief. That's what I would say. You know, it, it, you don't want these things to happen, but when they happen, if you could just hold on to who you are, you, you'll become stronger from it. And when my son was born, didn't know what I was doing, I, I sort of gave up, became complacent. But that, that person who I was in here is like, nah. And, and, I, and I gravitated back towards that. So um, some things happened. And maybe when he was about six months old, six to eight months old, I said, no. If anything, I need, he, he's my motivation. Why wouldn't I do something or ex try to excel for his sake? Right. So whatever is, whatever is, and I would look at his face and it was something interesting. This is personal, but I, I believe we all can see the smile in the, in the, in our, this is his smile. There was something that he would always smile as a little baby. And it, and it gave me comfort saying, you know, I'm over here creating all this oh, this can't work. And people are in my ear, uh, you know, suggesting, well, you're not going to make it or whatever. But then I'd look at him and he's just happy. Right. Like, and it reminded me that, no, this is, I'm, I'm creating my own struggle. I'm going to go for it and whatever comes, comes. So that, uh, yeah. Yeah. Wait, how old is he now? And so this, that little baby is 31 years old. Yeah, he's 31. I thought, I thought he just so, turned 30. Yeah, 31. So we made yeah. it. But I that mean, was the beginning of, yeah. of, that was a big this. That was the beginning of quite a was, journey. And yeah. and you did jump back into music and you yeah. got in with the Backstreet Boys. Yeah. Oh, Tell us a little bit about that period of your life. And some, we'll, we'll take we'll take some folks into the high now before we go back to another okay. low. <laughs> okay, very good. So um, so I, I, I back in the day, you know, this, there were no, I say back in the day when that long ago, but there wasn't streaming and <laughs> there wasn't uh, Instagram, Facebook, there was no social media. There was knock on the door. Hey, I'm, I'm going to be a star. Slam door, you know, <laughs> and, and repeat, rinse and repeat. Um, uh, so that's, that. I did that and I had a breakthrough. I mean, it's a very lengthy story. We don't have time for it now. Maybe if I ever write a book, and, and you are maybe it'll in be in the middle of writing a book and we will definitely uh, <laughs> no, add no. that link. We're going to add that link to this podcast uh, in, in the next few months. Once that book comes out, you're so close to being done. <laughs> but, 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 but so for, for purposes of here, so I had a breakthrough after, after, you know, I would say um, two, a good few years of, of pure struggle. And that breakthrough led to, someone enjoying uh, really liking one of my songs at this record company. Uh, and once they heard it, they said, Hey, we have these kids uh, that they're real important to the company. And we think this song would be perfect for their album coming up. And, and everything else sounded like, wah, 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 you know, the, the teacher on, on uh, the peanuts game, because I was just like, Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm about to make it. This is, it. This is, this is everything. So yeah. I didn't care what they said. I just heard them say, we want your song. And then they flew me. Like then, I mean, it became a whirlwind ride. Like I went from living in the Greyhound station, the bus station to jumping on planes, doing all this. And they flew me down to Florida and um, this record company. 
So I met these kids and they were just great. But, it, you know, it's five little white boys. You know, I was in R&B, you know, I was yeah. doing hip hop, you know, all this. And I was like, yeah. OK, I'm, I'm good with this. I love pop music. Let's go. But it wasn't popular at that time. Everything was it was a uh, Wu-Tang Clan. You know, everything yeah. was hip hop. Right. Pop music wasn't the hit there. New Kids was a little bit before, but once New Kids went. So they hooked me up with these kids and we started making music and they, they liked the song. And they were the sweetest, sweetest kids, man, and very talented. And then, um, so the song gets on, on their, their record. And fast forward a couple of years, they had gone overseas and all this stuff. Um, they're the Backstreet Boys, who we all <laughs> now know and and you know, right? You can't get away from. Them. So that was. Uh, it's still mind-boggling. Like it still doesn't seem real yet. I spent. It was. It was really. Real. I became good friends with um with the guys too. So it was more than just a uh, music commitment. We. I have stories. Yeah, you know, I know I'm, you do. I They're going to be in I the book. Stories. Yeah, it's tr- well, it might be trouble for me, but. And you brought your son down there with you. So yes. you were in Miami yes. with him, and you were producing yes. for them, and yes. That's very interesting. I'm glad you brought that out. Share so on this whole journey, this goes to show you that it, 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 I would say to anyone, don't be discouraged. Your circumstances, they can, they, they, can, they can weigh on you. But my son was with me the entire way. You know, he would uh, sometimes he would go home uh, and be with dad and mom, you know, but, but he, he was with me. You were dad until and mom. He, I was dad and mom until he. He no, I mean, you said of, he would go home and be—he would go home and be with be your with, dad. I'm sorry, be with my parents. dad and mom. Yes, yeah, my parents. Okay. And um, but I—he came with me. He was with me at meetings. He was with me in the studio, and everyone loved it. They loved yeah. him. It wasn't a problem. A uh, cool you know, I did what I have to do. It's something. So my this became my that, and it was mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah so. and um it's it's you just come from such a cool background too and yeah. along with being super dad you now have five kids you have uh, the girls five that children. you're parenting the two boys yes. and, and three girls and yes. uh even in, in all different ages and then you've become super dad and it's fun to see yeah. you parent them <laughs> um but all of those kids i want to go down the the biracial piece for a minute because we do that when we do inclusion speak and we work together right. you yeah. grew up a really different lifestyle than most people so your daddy was a famous musician, yeah. uh, as you say, black, dark black, and your mother was a little tiny white Jewish cellist. Yes. And they had this amazing musical family. And so share a little bit about that story and how that's made you who you are. Yeah, um, I'll tell you, talk about two worlds colliding, two opposite worlds colliding, yeah. but, creating, but just creating something so loving. And yeah, so my dad, he was, he was, he was a jazz musician um, and he played with actually more than jazz, but he was known for jazz trumpet. He played with all the greats. He, Motown would use him on all the recordings, uh, Barry Gordy, Stevie Wonder, Marvin Gaye, uh, all of them, Ray Charles, uh, Paul McCartney, all of these world famous artists. Yeah. And uh, for those listeners, it's Joey Morant. So if you look up Joey yes. Morant, yes. jazz, yeah, you'll see him. He's- yeah. Uh, great, great. And decision. so him and my him and my mom met at uh, university, and they were there studying uh, music, of course. And um, and this was in Connecticut, and they fell in love. And my, uh, you know, my dad was 
you know, he's a worldly dude. My mom was just this little, like you said, just this sweet little, very focused, uh, focused on her, her musical craft, which was cello. And she was phenomenal. She studied with some of the greats. She studied with uh, Isaac Stern, Leonard Rose, her, her mate, her, her music mate is Isaac Perlman. I wow. mean, so it, but, but just total opposite worlds coming together. And, mm-hmm. and keep in mind, this was the 60s. Right. This was right. Listen, this is no. Not is when, like you see now. It was a different no, world back then. You didn't no. see many biracial couples. You didn't see not people. at all. No. There no, were no TV so, commercials. Now it's it's everywhere, you know, especially <laughs> since 2020 and the whole Black yes. Lives Matter movement. Yes. But back yes. then, this was very new and different and not yeah. very well accepted in most places. Oh, and they faced it all too. I mean, you know, like the things you would you would you would read about maybe in history. I mean, they, you know, they were you know, they were accosted, they were, you know, name called and everything that comes with it. But now my dad, he, he was a fierce dude too. You know, he wasn't, he was a musician, you know, he was a karate dude, you know, a boxer and, you know, he wouldn't easily be challenged. He but had a we'll big personality, to- larger than life, yeah. big personality, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. very charming. So then, he, then there were four boys, four stair-step boys. Uh, me and my brothers, and he put us together like like a machine, and we started singing. We, we were three, four, five, and six, and we were. I've been in front of a microphone or on stage since I was four years old, so this is what I know. And again, it was different because here it is: you have this very big figure. My my dad was like I say, chocolatey chocolate, and then you have my my mom, beautiful, and but she was she was the epitome of white i i don't know any other way to describe it especially at that time but they came together and it, it was all beauty they were all loving they didn't care it, it, they transcended in if i'm not to use too big a word but they transcended a lot of the the normal struggles at the time because they just didn't give uh they didn't give audience <laughs> to use that word mm-hmm. to the mess right. my dad saw he never saw himself anything that less than powerful in his position and my mom was completely in love and supported all that that was to the point of of giving up her own her own aspirations musically to raise us Mm -hmm. Uh, that's just a fact that's how it was but we were a strong family and um and uh yeah i love some of those old pictures that i've seen (laughs) you just all your little matching outfits and doing stuff on stage so so fun buddy but yeah, but we were, we were mixed, you know, we were mixed kids and, and we knew it, you know, it, it, in school, we knew it, mm-hmm. even though I would say, you know, by, by saying mixed, meaning I will say black because that's how we were received. I mean, I hate to okay. go into the strong terms, but the bottom line is if you, we were different. Right. You were in a, you were in a mostly white school in Connecticut and you were not the norm. You were not, you were the black kids in the white school. Yes, exactly. So, and we knew it, but it didn't, you know, you know, we, we knew who we were. My dad raised us that, you know, we, we sat and watched the entire roots and he broke it down every night. It was required reading for us. Like we, and we gravitated towards that. We understood that we come from a, a place of, you know, a history of struggle. And we love you, mom. You know, we love, we love everyone, but we're, we're in this, we're in that mm-hmm. part of the struggle too. So we, accepted right. that. So, uh, so that's how I, 
I've carried myself since, but um, but very aware of of the differences. Yeah. Well, you've got uh, you know you've got this great energy about you that you bring to the table when you step in a room or when you're working with folks uh, and or when you're speaking. Uh, and and for those folks who are listening who think, okay, well, one he got through the '60s and '70s and even the '80s being different than others. Uh, and just being black in America, and we can talk about that for yeah. this whole podcast. There's lots of them just on that. Uh, yeah. And we could step into that. But you also have done the parenting thing. The music industry itself is just hard to make it. Ooh, yeah. um, and you still play gigs and you kind of see the, the struggle that's out there. Uh, what What is your message for folks who just thinks it's all too hard? Like all of it's too hard, whether it's parenting or going after their dreams. Um, yeah. What would you say to someone listening who thinks, well, I can't see my way forward and maybe I'm ready to throw in the towel? Well, so the interesting thing is throughout my 20s, 30s, 40s, now into my 50s, there's always been, some would say a crossroad, I would say a bridge. There's always been that point where I would be faced with the decision, do I keep going or is this it? Or is this my this and that's that? <laughs> um, you know, I and I would have to point back to even that initial challenge of when Christian was on his way, my first son. I had a decision to make. Now, the interesting thing is, there was a period. You know, you don't uh, you don't always go. Or you're not always faced with a decision, and then the t- clocks tick talk and then you make the decision sometimes there's a period sometimes on the journey is really a journey you six months a year who knows but the idea is to lean in to keep going forward is what i would say so what i did during that decision making process i kind of said well i don't think i don't know if i can do it but i never settled there so uh, you're gonna walk I'm sorry. Well, Interesting, yeah. I, I, I think what happens is you're, you're going to you're weighing your options. Do I do I go for this dream or let me let me even fast forward, because now at 50 something, there's a lot of us that are my age that might have already lived a full uh, productive life or have seen a lot. But they still have something maybe that they didn't do or something that they really were passionate about, but they let it go. They got to the bridge. They got to that part of their life. And they said, uh, I just I got my kids. I got to put them through college. And these are all good things. I, or I have I got this mortgage or I have uh, that ship done sales. But what you'll find, what I found is that, you know, in those moments of, 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 uh, of trying to decipher what do I do? And then as the time goes by, that thing that, that you continue to think about, it doesn't go anywhere. It's right. still in you. And if you, you can leave it there dormant, but you can't run away from it. So that must, to me, it's a sign of it means something important. So what do you do? That's the real decision. Do you go for it? Do you, you get to that bridge? Do you cross it? First of all, on that path, you're, you, you know, when you're faced with these decisions, you're either going to go or you're going to be stuck or you're going to go backwards. There's no, there's, there's, you, you can't, first of all, you can't get around a bridge. 
Mm-hmm. You got to cross that. You can't. You're going to either be just stay there. You might build a house there before the bridge and never cross it. Well, then you're stuck with never going for it. So I found that each time that I did and I decided, you know what, I got to go. Whether it worked or not, I became fulfilled on the walk, even going across the, the, this proverbial bridge you start to become fulfilled. You start saying, I'm actually doing this thing. I'm a part of something. And I'm also continuing forward. And it leads to so many other things in your life. So many beautiful children, uh, beautiful experiences, uh, travel, who knows, whatever whatever your passion is. Yeah, I think if I, I hear you correctly, um, you, when you said you don't have to make that decision right away, um, sometimes you have to sit with it and Sometimes you may not feel comfortable going forward, but I think what, yes. when I hear you talk, sometimes in my head, I, I think, just don't, don't go, don't put it away. Don't, don't exactly. file it away as I'm never exactly. doing it. Never file exactly. it away as never. Like leave it sitting there and let it fester a little bit, because if it's Please. part of you, it'll come back. If it's yes. not part of you, it may go away. But if it's part of you, it will resurface and it will become part of your future. It's hard to um, really push away the things that are at your or part of your values and your passion and what you want to do with your life. I mean, we all have struggles and decisions to make along the way and we back burner things. Um, but if I hear you correctly, you're saying, you know, d- even when you make that decision, it may not be that moment, right? but don't go away from it completely. Just kind of let it sit there let you it know, simmer. and keep doing other stuff and let it yes. sit there and, and on the back burner and let it simmer a little bit. Yeah. Because the, th- the, the- that's exactly right, Nina. The thing about it is uh, whether like my passion was music and it became actually um, being a dad, like that, that can be a passion, yeah. being a mom. It can be something you can spend your whole life doing. Well, believe I had a choice. You know, I hate to even put it like that, but it, it was a choice. Right. Yeah. It was a, it was a choice and all the things that, that potentially come with it, all those quote unquote struggles. They are just, you know, you look back, I heard someone say this, I share this with everyone I come across. Um, This was a man, he was, might've been 89 years old. He was a pastor, but he said, he said to this, this big group of people, and I heard this, uh, 90% of the things that you're worried about in life, they never come to pass. And he said that with the experience of having lived that full long life. And he suggest, he said, man, I used to worry about well, what if I, oh, I'm not going to make it or not, and all these things. And none of those things ever happen. I don't know what I'm doing, but you keep going. And you'll find that, wait, I didn't know what I was doing then, but I know what I'm doing now. And all the worries that I had in the world, they just didn't materialize. So why worry about, and the 10%, you, you have a whole another 90% to deal with. So that's not even a worry. We spend, we spend a lot of our time saying, I'm not going to cross that bridge. I'm going to put this thing down because what if it doesn't work? Wouldn't you rather have having gone for your passion, your dream, or I don't care if it's just, just fishing or swimming, like in my case, I can't swim, but we'll talk about that we later. We're going to get, we're doing that. We're doing that. You and me, babe. But I am determined. I'm going to swim. I'm not going to put it away. It might take however long it takes, but I will look back and go, wait, I didn't drown. You know what I mean? It's that yeah. simple. I told you we're going snorkeling. Yeah. I'm Let's taking go. Mickey snorkeling. I've said oh, it here. Lord. Now it's out in the world. Oh Lord. Pray for me, y'all. 
<laughs> but uh, but yes, that's that's basically the point is keep going. You're gonna you're gonna 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, it doesn't matter your age, as long as you have breath, as long as you have life, you have something that that drives you. Don't say, Well, I can't do it. I no, you can definitely do it. You just have to keep heading towards there. And those other things that 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 push you away from it, they'll fall away. And sometimes you're inching towards it. Sometimes you're running towards it. Um, Absolutely. And, and I'm, I'm like you, I was, I was a bit of much more of a worrier when I was young. I wanted that success. I wanted more. I worried about kids. I worried about being a parent, figuring it out. Um, I think that comes with age a little bit, Uh, but I do see sometimes I was leaning towards this dream, my dreams. And other times I was running towards them. And other times I just, they were sitting still, (laughs) but they were, they never went away. Never went away. They don't Um, go away. That's the thing. Uh, okay, you, you tell me if you don't want to go down this road and talk about this, but I always think it's good to connect with the audience in many ways. And I'm sure someone out there will add value from the fact that your youngest child um, is autistic. Yes. Has autism. And you have had some amazing uh, breakthroughs with that in the last few months. It's oh, fun, to share, those, fun yeah. to share those with you. But that's another big this, to be told yeah. that you have a child that's going to be non-normative. You know, yeah. that's, that's very difficult. So share a little bit. And, and usually on this show, I say 10 years past your big this, but you're not 10 years past that yet. Cause he's just How a squirt it? still, but yeah. Uh, yeah. So tell yeah. me a little bit about Ram and, and that when you, when he came into your world, how difficult that was and how you got my through beautiful. that. Yeah. Yeah. My beautiful guy. So that's Roman. Uh, Roman is four years old and uh, yeah, he was diagnosed, I think maybe when it was 18 months, something in that it, uh, with, uh, on the spectrum. And, uh, you know, but I, I'll say this with age, I, I don't know any other way to put it. It, it. it wasn't ever, I didn't freak out. Let's say I, I, I just love, I love this guy. And I was like, well, maybe he won't talk. Maybe he won't do, who knows what he will or won't do, but whatever he will or won't do, I'm dad. He's son, we're going to do this thing together. Um, the struggle only becomes, it often comes from the outside, to be honest. Yeah. Within your family, you know, it's your family. Um, but people will start to, start to worry, well, what's, what's he going to do? What are you guys going to do? And, you know, I don't, I don't know any more than I knew 30 years ago when Christian was a baby, as far as what I'm going to do. But Whatever is required right. is what I'm going to do because this little boy, he's, he's, a, he's beautiful and he's a genius to me. He's very understanding. He sees all that. He just didn't talk. However, and, and, you know, I accepted that. Maybe he won't talk. However, in the past month, he started to say his first words. I mean, it did. I was crying. I couldn't <laughs> I was believe crying. it. He was, I literally was trying to say, mama, dada just repeating things that we would say to him. And the thing about that is that wasn't, it came out of nowhere because he was looking like he was not going to talk. Right. He had no, like nothing he, was. This was right before his birthday or after his birthday, right? Months after his birthday, okay. it was, it was January's birthday. So, so, and mind you, I, I'm talking about the fact of him talking because there was a strong chance he never would talk. And that's fine because he communicates in other ways. And sometimes it actually becomes beautiful because he gets to use his other abilities to communicate 
And all you have to do is pay attention and you can see things that his, his world, his way. But, but because he was able, he's able to say some words now, um, it's another example of what you think might happen might not. So don't, right. again, to take, and it's hard. Look, I struggle with so many things. I can't even, it, you don't have enough show. So we all do. Yeah. We all do. We all got and, our and issues. <laughs> yeah. And, and that is my point. Don't, don't let your issues topple you because they're just that. As long as you keep, I, I hate to keep using this, but I don't, you keep moving forward. You have breath, keep moving forward, whatever, come, whatever you're facing, continue because you'll find there is a way that, that things will balance out. It won't necessarily be your way. Let's get that straight. It ain't the way right. that you might've thought or might've planned for. But if you just allow certain things, like I, we allowed Roman to be Roman. And then so, suddenly he's talking, he's saying a word. Now that's just the beginning. It's a long struggle ahead. There's other issues, there's other things, right. there's other challenges that come with this particular situation, but oh my gosh, you celebrate those, those victories, those small victories, because they bring you joy and they, you could see that it brings them joy. It would bring him joy to be part of the celebration. It's, it's, it's hard for me to describe. I, I can just tell you that I'm thankful for him. He's showing me the world in a way that I didn't at 54 years old. That's what I am. He's teaching me again. It's literally just like when I was 22 and I was like, baby diaper, what, <laughs> what is this? Well, now I got that part, but he's showing me a whole new world. And so let's go. And aren't you glad you stuck around to see it and didn't give How up? About it? I mean, How about it? wow, I think about that all the time because I had yeah. very dark times when I didn't want to go on and I yeah, something yeah. will happen and I'll think, like my kids like finished college and are doing crazy wow. stuff. My daughter will send me a text from a limo in New York and yeah. I'm like, what yes. are you doing? But I yes. just, I, at that moment of her joy and silliness, I think I almost didn't stick around for this. Wow. I could have never mm. seen that life would be this very different. Um, oh, that's so good. Nina. Yeah. So let me, let me share this. So glad yeah. you stuck around for it. You, 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 I'm so glad you said that because my ultimate point, if I'm to say to anybody, is like in using my life as an example, there have been dark times, downturns. When I left the music business, it was part me leaving, part me being left. And to go from the highest mountain to the lowest valley in almost an instant, that can work anybody over, including me. And I think I'm a tough guy. But over time, and five beautiful children later, it made me realize, and this might sound corny or, or cliche, but had I not gone through those particular times, those fails, I would never have met my Sophia or my Savannah or my Roman. They wouldn't exist. They physically just wouldn't. I wouldn't have been in the place where it was required to be that we came together and these beautiful children, so beautiful, were born and now can live a life and a produ be productive. I mean, it's just incredible. And I wouldn't trade. In other words, the failures were the way, <laughs> you know right. what I mean? They literally became the way to, to the, 
You know, I have a few things I cherish in life. My children being at the top. I wouldn't trade a thing. Right. And you can't see it when you're in it. You truly can't see that when you're in it. It takes like we are on the other side of it to go, holy crap, like this really bad stuff actually got me here. And I like when it happened, I thought my life was over. Yeah. That's why that's why I now dedicate myself, whether it's with speaking, writing, my whole idea is I, I'm no I am an expert of nothing. But what I do, <laughs> I believe I have a PhD in gratitude by some by fo- choice, some by force, but all important. I dedicate myself to the idea of gratitude in the smallest things, the biggest things and everything in between, because gratitude gives you a perspective that when when you're thankful, when you realize that that failure led to the most important things in my life, what can you do but be thankful so that the next time you meet a challenge, you can see it, that you can have that perspective, go, wait a minute. I'm not mad at this. I'm not going to use, this isn't going to bring me down. This isn't going to take right. me down because this could lead to what might end up being my life's purpose, my life's joy. It, cause it happened to me before I've seen this before. Right. So I'm not going to be taken down. And that's what the experience in the seasoned time, you know, us being me being in my 50s uh, and having, you, <laughs> having lived in, you never know you so you look like a baby we have but, the same birthday so, everybody we mookie and i share oh, the yeah. same birthday that's fun it's that magic that magic birthday yeah what are we <laughs> gonna do this year we gotta do something big something, something big. big let's go to hawaii whatever <laughs> snorkel in hawaii there but, oh game on let's go game go. on mm-hmm. but so the idea is that literally don't be scared of of, of the the failures just keep going. They'll show themselves ultimately and in some, some small ways, but in some of your act, your most absolute, most important parts of your life. And, and I'm speaking from experience come from these quote unquote failures. Literally, I wouldn't trade it for anything, not for all these gold platinum records. No, nothing. So simple. Well- I always uh, wrap up this show um, with uh, asking three questions um, and we've gone, I think we've hit on two of them. So I'm going to go back and do just one here at the end. Um, but I, I did want to just give you some kudos. You are really good at the gratitude thing, but you're also great at the kindness thing. Like he goes to Dunkin' Donuts and he's nice to every. No, is it Duncan? You're a Dunkin' guy, right? Duncan. I am a Dunkin' yeah, guy. Duncan, Krispy Kreme. Yeah, he's a Dunkin' yeah. guy. He uh, yeah. He's nice to everybody in the Dunkin'. Like you just have that gratitude piece in spades and that kindness piece. And not everybody, uh, not everybody uh, embraces that as much as you do. Plus you do love a good donut. You're, you have I love a good this. donut. Oh um, it brings it brings me joy. So yeah, you know, a lot of people people are good. People have been good to me. Right. Forget whatever else. People have been good to me, and I never. I just don't. I don't forget it, and I don't want to forget it. And and the way you don't forget it is you, as I said, pay it forward. Right. Be good to other people. People just think about all the blessings and all the goodness that comes your way on a daily basis, and even in your history, man, you. Don't you, how good that makes you feel or how good your life becomes. Don't you want, imagine how good you can impact someone else's life in that same way by a simple word, just by a smile, by an engagement. It doesn't require all that people think. Just engage. 
I always tell folks when they're having a really bad day, just go do something nice for someone else. And it gets you out of that own funk in your own head, you know, especially my kids were teenagers and stuff. I was like, let's just get out of our own heads today and go do something for somebody. And it's really, truly changes the chemistry in your brain. Okay. The the question is if if you could go back and whisper in the ear of your younger self, uh, (laughs) young Mookie, which I wish I would have met back in the day because I can't even imagine what it <laughs> Maybe not. But <laughs> Maybe what a hot mess you are, but how much fun we'll just, you were. We might have been dangerous back in the day. Maybe we should. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, we're going to leave that there. Um, oh. Anyway, <laughs> but if you could go back and whisper in the ear of a young Mookie, um, say when you were, you know, 22 and, and just had Christian, uh, what would, what is the piece of advice you'd give your younger self mm. or to young listeners who are at that age now? I would say twofold. Uh, briefly, and we've all heard this, stop and smell the roses. Uh, I remember being as poor as dirt. and But on Sunday, after trying to knock on those doors and getting them slammed in my face, no matter what, I would take little Christian up to this hill in Boston where we live. And it was a high altitude and you could see the city and he would run and play and leaves and it was beautiful it was a platinum record to me and the only reason and and i couldn't trade it for anything even to this day but the reason i experienced that because i didn't this is the other part of the twofold i didn't let worry become uh to 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 be overcoming to excuse me to to overwhelm me I did, and so I would say to my younger self, "Don't worry. Worry is 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 uh, worry is not your friend. No, it's the uh, enemy so of joy. It really is. It steals Don't your joy. worry. Don't let anything stop you from going to that hill, from taking a moment to breathe, listening to your your favorite music, whatever. Those small little moments, they kind of refuel you." You know, so that you can battle, so you can do the things you need right. to do in this world. Um, so, you know, and I say I took those moments, but but I also worried. I guess I, I skipped over that part. I would worry throughout it. I'd be like, oh, what am I going to do every day? You know, I don't know how I'm going to make it. And um, you can't avoid it all. Yeah, it sucks it, all your energy, though. The energy put yeah. into the worry you can't use to go towards your dreams. Yeah, so that's great advice for young people. Yeah, yeah. it's simple. Just don't let worry take you take over. It's going to be there. You mm-hmm. can't avoid it altogether, but put more energy into that stopping and smelling the roses and, and, and sharing joy. And like my younger self, if only I would have done what I attempt to do now, should be, be a, share a kind word with someone because it also takes the, takes the, um, it takes it off of you. Remember, it isn't all about you. It's not all about you. And when I was 22, 23, 26, or I, it was all about me, well, but that's, it is that's why a different worry. time in your life. Yeah. Yeah. So, so share a kindness with someone, share something, make someone else's life, give them a little smile, a chuckle or make them laugh or whatever, because it'll come into you. It brings you joy. It, it, mm-hmm. it, it, it just, it's a, it's a beautiful loop that um, I want everyone to be a part of. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining today. It's always fun to chat with you. Uh, Love it. Very fun uh, and great advice. And if for those folks who are listening, if you are in a tough spot and 
you, you uh, feel like you can't keep moving forward. We've just been through life and we are here to tell you that it gets better. Stick around. Yes. It's pretty amazing on the other side. Yes. And again, thanks so much for sharing this time with us, Mookie. Uh, I'm sure there's some things that you said that will resonate with our listeners. And uh, I'll put the links to your social media on this page and they can find you both at our Inclusion Speak sites and at yours. I think you're the Magnum Drummer. So we'll put that on Instagram. Yeah. On Instagram, the Magnum Drummer. So I'll put your links there so they can follow you, support you, get in touch with you. Thanks so much. And thanks to everyone listening. Uh, Love you, Mook. Thanks to everyone listening. It is when we talk about the tough stuff that we all get stronger. So whatever you're going through, you've got this. The you 10 years from now is counting on you to keep going. This has been another episode of This Seriously Sucks. Opinions expressed in this podcast are those of Nina Sossaman Pogue and her guests. They are not a substitute for professional advice. If you are experiencing suicidal thoughts, call 1-800-273-TALK or send a text to www.crisistextline.org. For more resources or to share your story or to get a free copy of my book, go to mythis.club. There is a whole club of folks out there who want to help you get through this.